Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday night service of New Testament Baptist Church here in Hamilton. And we thank you for joining us and trust that the service tonight will be a blessing. Uh, as you probably are aware, and if you're not, we want you to know that uh, we are not doing things uh, the way we normally would. Uh, rather than uh, having our own service with our own preaching here, we are joining an online revival conference going on in Canada. It's being hosted by Prince Albert Baptist Church in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And uh, we are having a preacher in the morning at 10 o'clock and one every evening at 7 o'clock. So tonight we'll have one of those messages being preached in this service. But uh, we want to start off with a uh, hymn uh, together. And then we're going to visit a couple of our missionaries uh, by means of the letters that they have sent to us to tell us what's happening and how God is blessing uh, in the place where they're serving. Then we'll chat about a couple of uh, requests and have prayer together. And then we will join the message uh, and we will introduce the speaker. All right. So I'm going to lead you in singing tonight number 291 in our hymn book. It's called Higher Ground. I'm pressing on the upward way. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bound, Lord plant my feet on higher ground, Lord lift me up and let me stand, by faith on heaven's table land, higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to live above the world, though Satan's darts at me are hurled. For faith has caught the joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I'll pray till heaven i found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. Amen. I hope that that is your heart's desire, and that really is what we're talking about when we talk about revival. 
We've mentioned a couple times now that someone has suggested that revival is nothing less than a new beginning with God. And every day it ought to be a new beginning, and we ought to be reaching a little higher plane than we've seen before. I hope that the song writer's words in verse number three, faith has caught the joyful sound of the song of saints on higher ground. I trust that that has drawn your attention and it captured you and has, uh, has uh, invited you to keep moving higher in your walk with the Lord. All right, uh, let's take a few moments now to consider uh, our missionary family. Uh, we're going to look first at Brother Brian Thiessen. Brother Thiessen is uh, representing Baptist Missions to Forgotten People. He's the Canadian field representative, as well as uh, serving on the board and as a representative of Baptist Church Planning Ministry uh, in Canada. And uh, he, of course, writes that uh, uh, the letter writing feels strange because they've not been on the road for two months now because of all the uncertainty. Uh, he's been staying busy, however. He's been doing a lot of uh, preaching, uh, messages online for the church there in the Windsor area, as well as uh, for other churches that have asked him to do that. So he's doing some preaching and teaching every week. Uh, he's also staying connected to pastors and missionaries and praying daily for them. And uh, he said, please pray with me that God will grant me wisdom in adapting to all these changes that, bring, uh, bring, that it brings to our ministry in particular. I'm praying and thinking about it on a daily basis. More than ever, I desire to be productive for and to be used by God. Currently, our schedule is wide open until early September. And my goal is to use these free months to do some much-needed writing and to create additional resources uh, that can be of help and encouragement to both missionaries and local churches. And pray with us that our schedule will be able to resume this fall unhindered. Be in prayer for Baptist Mission to Forgotten People's candidate training taking place the second week of June. We're conducting the classes online for obvious reasons, and we rejoice that we have a good number of missionary candidates taking the classes. Pray for uh, Baptist uh, Church Planting Ministry as we work with un upcoming church plants that will require more innovation and creativity than usual. God's uh, work can and must continue to move forward. While nations are attempting to reopen their economies, God has never shut down his. God is always open for business. Thus far, our personal support has not been affected. So a big thank you to all our faithful supporting churches. We know you're making sacrifices to support the ongoing work of world evangelization. And we continue to trust God daily for our needs, knowing that he's a faithful and loving God. By his grace and for his glory, Brother Brian Thiessen. And then we received a word from uh, Benjamin and Jackie Reimer, who served the Lord in Liberia. I think we made an announcement recently that God had blessed them with a safe arrival of another uh, daughter, Emma Lynn Faith. That was on May the 16th, 2020. And uh, with this being the first time uh, delivering a baby in Liberia, he said, I would be lying if I would say that we didn't have any concerns or fears going in, but praise God for his faithful care for us and Emmeline. The government of Liberia relaxed some of the restrictions and allowed churches to begin meeting again at 25% capacity. Uh, that was beginning May 17th. So a lot of work went into making sure we had plans and resources in place. 
I was very thankful to have another missionary willing to lead the services on that Sunday since Emmeline uh, inconveniently decided to be born the day before. She was born at 3.45 p.m. on May 16th, and by 7 a.m. on the 17th, we were on our way home from the hospital. After getting Jackie and the kids settled in at home, I was able to pay a quick visit to the church to greet and encourage the church family. Uh, it felt so good to be able to be in church the next Sunday, May 24th, and enjoy services together, and finally preach to people instead of into a microphone. Between our two different services hosted in two different rooms, all who wanted to attend were able to, and over 50 adults were in attendance. As you can see in the picture, even the preachers required to wear a face mask slash shield. Where's the money? Well, Liberia is facing a cash shortage, again, in both Liberian dollars and United States dollars. Customers who may have uh, thousands of dollars in their accounts have to stand in line for three plus hours to do a withdrawal, only to be limited to withdrawing a few hundred dollars. In an economy that operates almost exclusively by cash, this is making it much harder for us to get the cash out that we need. Praise God for the safe arrival of Emmeline. Uh, thankful. Oh, these are praise and prayer requests. Uh, thankful that the church is able to meet, continue to pray for Levi's health issues. We thank God we've been able to manage his symptoms quite well so far and be in prayer for the church and Liberians who are struggling to make ends meet during the crisis. May God be magnified through it all. Joyfully serving in Liberia, Benjamin and Jackie family. And there's some of the pictures of, of uh, the, the uh, up, upper left uh, is a missionary doctor uh, who gave up his day off to help deliver the baby. And then uh, the next picture there is a missionary friend uh, with Jackie who was willing to help. And then the happy new parents, of course. And then uh, Emmeline with each of her uh, siblings and some pictures of her on her own. And then I think, uh, I don't know if we already showed, did you already show the pictures of the uh, meeting place? There you go. Uh, them meeting in the various rooms and uh, social distancing and uh, preacher wearing the mask. Did you show the one with the face shield? But, oh, okay. There was a picture on the uh, front of the letter here that showed him wearing a full uh, uh, clear uh, visor face shield uh, in preaching. Uh, and that, of course, was required. So anyway, uh, good to hear from the Rhymers and thankful for God's blessing and giving them a healthy baby girl. And then we'll finally uh, consider Herb Hunter uh, in South Africa, and they are actually going into what's called winter season there. He said, we lit the fire last night. Seems like a strange thing to do in Africa, but with uninsulated houses made of tile and brick and the outdoor temperature hovering at 10 degrees Celsius, we were chilled Slippers, housecoats, and hoodies are regularly seen around our house as we move into the winter months. This morning, when I got up and was preparing breakfast, the wind and rain intensified, and I began to hear a loud noise from outside. We were in the middle of a hailstorm. It was strange to see almost snow-like precipitation falling and bouncing off our vehicle. I sent a couple of pictures so you can see what I mean. While the ministry continues, the lockdown restrictions are slowly being eased. The president of South Africa called for a national day of prayer on May 31st, the day before we moved to a level three 
of our lockdown. On June the 1st, uh, moving to level three, churches under, uh, of under 50 can meet together. We're excited about the possibility of meeting. We're a bit concerned, however, since the president said that recognized places of worship were able to hold services if they observed strict hygiene protocols, maintained social distancing rules, and wore face masks. We're happy to observe these rules, but not sure if my house qualifies as a recognized place of worship. Then will the people in our community object to us meeting in our house now, since they're fearful of coronavirus arriving? Will people be comfortable with mixing poor people with more affluent people when their standards of personal hygiene are very different? Uh, we have a lot to think about before we get together. Hopefully on the 7th of June, like many of you, we're wading through uncharted waters and we're entertaining a number of perspectives, discussions, and opinions. We need the patience of Job, the courage of Daniel, and the savvy of Paul. Pray with us as we pray with you that we can reemerge into our worship and it will be a blessing and encouragement to us all. Also, this evening in our president's address, he declared pastors as essential workers and permits us now to engage in in-person counseling ministries again. So things will definitely change as we move forward with counseling. Alongside all these new ministry questions and things to consider is our food relief work that we continue to do in the community and we continue to engage with several people. Pray that the seeds uh, which were sown uh, will continue to bring forth a harvest to God's glory. Pray for a new municipal advisor named Lyle. We're looking forward to getting to know him and sharing Christ with him in the next few weeks. Pray for Peter and Antoinette, Rianne and Lynn. These two couples have a sour relationship due to failed business relationship. George and myself have been assisting another church planting missionary in counseling them to try to overcome hurts and mistrust. As both of them are in the same church, both couples are in the same church, I ask you to remember them in prayer. It would take too long to explain all the details, but we need God to move in hearts and soften people in their disposition. It's so easy to want law for others and grace for yourself. Please pray for Janet. She has had a sore leg after injuring herself while exercising five weeks ago. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, whoops, I better, not, I better uh, avoid exercise. I got a good excuse now. Uh, but that's not what the, he's about here. She has injured herself, so pray for her. She's taking medication and has undergone several physiotherapy sessions. Today, the therapist sent her back to the doctor who sent her to the ultrasound department. After some discussion, she will need to see an orthopedic surgeon to discuss what to do about a ganglion cyst that the doctor discovered in addition to other treatment options for her ligament tear. I told her she should stop exercising. But she can see how that's working out for me, so she tries to stay active. Well, we could say much more, but for now, let me say how grateful we are for your faithful support and encouragement. We have the best team. Uh, some have given extra just in case we lose support, but we're happy to say God has met our needs and then some. No supporters have stopped their giving throughout the current crisis. We hope you are all well. We are. So for the tribe, Herb. And there were a couple of pictures to help you visualize 
the hunters and what's going on there in South Africa. So there you have it. We mentioned this morning in our live stream that you, uh, we would like you to be praying for Mary Fallis. Mary is having uh, surgery, Lord willing, tomorrow uh, to deal with cancer that's been discovered. This is Nancy's uh, daughter. Uh, Mary, Nancy uh, Pilon, and we trust you'll pray for Nancy as well as for uh, Mary. That's tomorrow. And then today, uh, by email, you should have received a prayer request sheet. Um, if you have called in or sent in emails to update it, we have updated that list for you. And we trust that you'll take time as a family or individuals to uh, carry these requests before the Lord in a faithful manner. Uh, after uh, the service tonight or maybe in devotions during the day, whenever the Lord uh, makes it possible for you. Thank you for praying. Uh, we need to be a praying church like never before. God answers prayer. Prayer is a wonderful privilege, and it's the most powerful resource that we have in, uh, in dealing with the world in which we live. I want you to join me right now, and let's talk to the Lord together, shall we? Father in heaven, we do rejoice that uh, there are, again, faithful moms and dads and children that are willing to leave behind the life of comfort and convenience and, and, if you please, luxury to go to places like Liberia, South Africa, and other places to share the wonderful, life-changing gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you tonight. Uh, for these missionaries uh, from whom we have heard. And we pray uh, for your blessing upon them. Thank you for the safe arrival and delivery of little Emma Lynn. And thank you that the church uh, is now meeting again and restrictions are being lifted. And we just pray your hand of power and blessing. And Lord, uh, as the finances are restricted there, we pray that you'll wonderfully and miraculously meet the needs of the church family in such a way that they can give testimony uh, to how God provides for his children. We look forward to hearing those testimonies. And Father, we thank you for Brother Herb and his wife, Janet. We pray for Janet's health. We pray for quick healing of this ligament. We pray, Lord, that you'll continue to bless them as they uh, wrestle with the issues of getting started again and and how to uh, reconcile different groups and and uh, Lord, uh, pray for Brother Herb as he now has an open door to uh, coming up uh, June the 7th to begin counseling again. The, you particularly blessed him in that matter. So we thank you for that and pray you'll bless him. Be with the, the, ch the children who've gone away from them and are, or in North America now. And uh, without mom and dad, pray that you'll uh, be with them and keep them, provide for them, direct their paths on a daily basis. And we thank you for Brother Thiessen, uh, Father, and his wife, uh, Cindy, and their devotion to you. We thank you for the work of Baptist Missions to Forgotten People and Baptist Church Planting Ministries. And we pray that you will continue to open doors. Pray your particular blessing on the new church plants being planned and also the training of missionary couples uh, coming up here in early June. Lord, we rejoice that we have many more missionary families, and we just pray for each of them generally tonight, again asking you, to manifest your presence in a wonderful way and to give them courage, give them great wisdom and strength uh, to carry on in this day. Now, Father, uh, we are in just a few moments going to be hearing from your word uh, by the mouth of your servant, uh, Dr. Leroy Pennell, and we're so thankful for his faithfulness through the years. And I pray that you'll give us ears to hear and that you will find us yielded to the work of your spirit, that what you intend to accomplish in us through this message will be accomplished 
and not hindered by our stubbornness or by our unwillingness. Thank you for being patient with us. Send a revival, we pray, to our own hearts, to our church family, uh, to the churches across Canada and throughout the world, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So now we're going to be blessed by a message prepared by uh, Dr. Leroy Pennell. He was challenging us uh, in his first message in this uh, conference uh, about how revival begins with leadership. He's going back to that same uh, passage of Scripture and going further uh, to show that God sends revival when God's people repent. Very important message, about 30 minutes in length. And then there will be a little bit of an invitation song at the end, giving you an opportunity uh, to respond to what God says. I trust that God will use the message to challenge you and be a blessing to you. And uh, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or any way we can serve you or help you, please don't hesitate to let us know. And uh, should the Lord tarry is coming, we look forward to joining you again tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock for our next live stream and our next revival speaker. Uh, for this opportunity to preach again on the subject of revival. I'm uh, glad to be able to do this. My message on Sunday night from Second Chronicles chapter 29, we saw how God brought revival to the leadership of the nation of Judah under Hezekiah. Tonight, we're going to look at Second Chronicles chapter 30 and verse number one. And uh, I've entitled this message, When People Repent, God sends revival. When people repent, God sends revival. Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 1. <clears throat> Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. Let's pray. Dear God, please speak to our hearts as we look at this revival that took place under the leadership of King Hezekiah. And Lord, our prayer is revive us again. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the uh, priests and the Levites got their lives revived under the leadership of Nehemiah. Nehemiah called them to uh, get their lives straightened around. They had been away from God and the priests and the Levites got their lives right with God and they started serving him uh, with all their hearts, with enthusiasm, with fervency, instead of just doing their duty. And I said that revival must start at the top. The famous preacher, Dr. Lee Robertson, used to say that everything rises and falls on leadership. And this is especially true when it comes to the subject of revival. If the leadership is not revived, the people will not be revived. If the leadership does, does not direct the people in that direction of revival and lead them in prayer and so on, it's just not going to happen. Hezekiah, after the priests and the Levites got revived and, and got back to doing their job with, uh, with their hearts and with fervency, he sent out a letter uh, to all of Judah and uh, they, he invited them to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Now, the Passover was supposed to take place the previous month, but for whatever reason, it was canceled. And now the priests 
were revived and they were on fire uh, for the Lord. And so Hezekiah said, let's celebrate the Passover now. And so he sent out this letter. Even though it was a month late, God had some things in mind uh, to, uh, to, to bring a revival to the people in the land, in the, the nation of Judah. He wanted to restore the people. And you know, when I read that, I thought, I wonder what God might do in our churches if the leadership just got revived, if the leadership got on fire for God. What sort of things might happen? What answers to prayer are just waiting on the leadership to get serious? What blessings is God waiting to send from heaven if we just got right? Oh, the prayer of those involved in this revival conference is that God might revive you and me, that we might have a fresh touch from the Lord. In 1974, I was the pastor of a church in Don Mills, Ontario. It was my first full-time pastorate. And I had been at the church for nearly three years at that point. And when I came to the church, they were running about 60 people. And uh, we were seeing a few people saved and baptized. However, I knew that we could do better. I knew that, that we should do better. And I saw a conference advertised for pastors in the States, and I decided to attend that conference in the hopes that I might get some ideas of, uh, to help our church to grow. My wife was, had just given birth to our first son, and so she was unable to come with me. But on the way to the conference, I prayed, and I said, God, please show me what I need at this conference. I want to be used of you. I don't want to just be an ordinary pastor, and I don't want our church to be an ordinary church. So God, show me what I need. Well, I got to that conference, and as the conference was going on, I saw various ideas, and I said, well, that's good. I think I could use that, and I picked up various ideas. But then I was praying that God would show me something special. And then on the Thursday night of that conference, I heard a convicting message about the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when I heard that, I said, that's what I need. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the service finished, I got in my car and I drove outside the city to the countryside. And I parked my car off the road in the farmer's field. And then I began to pray. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to leave this place until you do something special in my heart and in my life. And I first confessed all known sin. And I discovered that I knew a lot of things about myself that I'd never confessed to anybody else. But it was good to confess that, those sins to God. And I asked for his forgiveness and asked him to, to cleanse me. And then I asked God to reveal things that uh, might be offensive in my life that I was unaware of. And God did reveal a few things and I asked God to forgive me for those things and told the Lord that I would change those things. And then I asked the Lord if there was anything he wanted me to do. And he revealed a couple of things to me and I promised the Lord that I would do those things. And when it seemed that nothing further was coming that God was asking me to do, I said, now Lord, please fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be a powerless preacher. 
I want you to work in and through me. I honestly don't remember how long I was there, but I was there for a while, crying before the Lord and asking God to fill me with his spirit. I don't know what time I left and drove back to the place where I was staying, but I know that I left there a different person than I was when I came. I'm trying to say to you that God has something for us, and that is that we are to be revived. We are to be renewed. We are to be filled with his spirit. We're not to operate in our own power and our own strength. The Bible warns us of that. It's not by our power or our strength. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit of God that we are to operate. Now, I drove home the next day to my church in Don Mills, Ontario, and uh, the next day, I, uh, the Sunday, I was preaching, and my wife was sitting next to a next-door neighbor of ours, a lady, and uh, as I was preaching, the lady leaned over to my wife and said, something's different. I don't know what it is, but something's different. And friends, that something was really not a something, it was a someone. The Lord had filled me with the power of the Spirit of God, and things were different from that time on. We started seeing more people saved. More people were responding to the invitation. The church that was running about 60 uh, before long was averaging about 150 or to 160, and we had over 200 on a high day. We were seeing people come to Christ on a regular basis, and it was during that time as well then that God led me to start, my wife and I, to start a new church. And uh, he led us to come to Barrie, Ontario. Now, we didn't know anybody in the city of Barrie, but this is where God led us. And so we resigned the church in Don Mills, and uh, we moved up to Barrie and rented a little winterized cottage in Innisville Township, and we started Heritage Baptist Church in a school gymnasium. Now, God has blessed us in a wonderful way. Heritage Baptist Church has been greatly used of the Lord. And I trace all that has happened here back to what took place in that farmer's field in 1974. God revived me and he revived my ministry. Now the question is, how about you? Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 3 says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I like that verse so much. Notice that God says, I'll pour water. He didn't say, I'll give you a drink of water if you're thirsty. He said, I'm going to pour water on you. And I picture a big barrel full of water being poured out. Are you thirsty? If you're thirsty, God says, you ask for it if you're thirsty. He'll pour water, the floods upon the dry ground that now exists there. And so are you tired of walking over the same old dry ground? I know it seems like I'm a little bit off topic here, but let's be honest. We are not seeing the blessing of the Lord that we should be seeing in our churches. We are not seeing the number of people saved that should be saved. We need a fresh touch from God. Oh, how we need God to pour out uh, the oil of the Holy Spirit upon us. May God give you and me a fresh relationship with him. I want to reiterate and expand upon something that I said on Sunday night about revival. 
we get revival and spiritual awakening mixed up sometimes. Revival is for God's people, those that already know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. A spiritual awakening is for the unsaved, that souls get saved. Now, revival uh, leads to a spiritual awakening usually. The word revive actually means uh, to bring to life again. People who are lost are dead in trespasses and sins, and you cannot receive revive a lost person because they've never been alive in the first place. Before we come to Christ, the Bible says that we are spiritually dead. 1 John 5, 12 reads, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. In order to receive something, or in order to revive something rather, it has to have been alive to begin with. And some people may be saved as a result of a revival, but it's not the goal of a revival. That's the fruit of revival. The goal is to see the people of God renewed or revived so that they'll go out and win the lost and then we'll have a spiritual awakening. In this passage of scripture in Second Chronicles chapter number 30, we find four very real reminders to the people of, of Judah that of God's promise to revive and restore those things in the lives of those who were seeking it. The crux of this message tonight is that God revives and restores all who will come to him and that have a desire for a renewal and a repentant heart. Admittedly, we live in a very wicked day here in Canada. Drunkenness is everywhere. Drugs are, are, are on every corner. Prostitution is readily available through the internet. Abortion is claiming many more lives than any pandemic. Venereal disease is running rampant. Pornography is available anytime you turn on uh, your media. Gambling is a national obsession with casinos and lotteries everywhere. Brutality and rape and murder are everywhere, everyday news items. And profanity is being used even by the very young today. And so uh, Judah was kind of like that. They had sinned greatly under King Ahaz. He had led them into idolatry and he had led them into sin. They departed from the ways of the Lord in every way imaginable. Now look at verse six in chapter 30. So the post went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah according to the commandment of the king saying, ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you that are escaped out of the hand of the kings of Assyria. First of all, I want you to know that God loves you. God had called the children of Israel in his word, his bride. And so here we have the bridegroom appealing to his fallen and wayward bride. Here's the simple truth. God issued a love appeal to his people through King Hezekiah. And the appeal is summed, appeal is summed up in one verse. God said, return to me and I will return to you. It's so simple and yet it's so profound. But notice that God waits on us. 
He does not force himself on us. He says, you return to me and I will return to you. The word of God assures us that God will never leave us or forsake us. And we all know that. But I believe that there are times when we leave him, we depart from him. There are times of spiritual dryness, times when we could have Ichabod written over our church doors, the glory of the Lord hath departed. And that is true in our own personal lives. And uh, in spite of Judah's unfaithfulness to God, they'd turn to idol worship. God is saying to them, I love you with an everlasting love. Return to me because I still love you. I will return to you. And maybe today you've departed from God. And maybe you have been worshiping other gods, the gods of this age, the gods of materialism or money or sports or popularity, or maybe you're experiencing dryness. Maybe the glory of God has departed. Well, listen to God's appeal to you today. Return to me and I will return to you. As a Christian, you might leave God, but he'll never leave you. He'll never stop loving you. And maybe you're like the prodigal son. The prodigal son left his father's house, and the Bible tells us that he went into the far country. And in that far country, he wasted his money in riotous living. Finally, he ran out of money. And when he ran out of money, he ran out of friends. And so he had to find a job in order to make ends meet. And the only job that he could find, it seems, is feeding pigs. Here was a Jewish boy, ended up feeding pigs, an illegal food for him to eat. And he got so hungry and even feeding the pigs that he desired to eat the husk from what the pigs were eating. Finally, one day, he came to his senses. And he said, you know, the servants in my father's house are faring better than I am. They eat better than I do. They're taken care of better than I am. And he decided, I'm going to go home. I'm going to return. You know what he found? He probably uh, returned home with fear and trepidation, thinking, my father's going to be so upset with me. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, but when he got home, his father was there waiting and watching. He was expecting this return. And my friend, God is waiting for you if you have left him, if you've wandered away. Maybe you're the prodigal son right now. Maybe you're the one that used to serve God. You used to be faithful, but you have wandered and you're in the far country now. And you need to return to God. And God says, if you return to me, I will return to you. And that was the case here. God uh, said, I want you to come home. The hymn writer wrote softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Patiently, Jesus is waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is, is pleading, pleading for you and for me. Come home. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you and for me? Time is now fleeting. And moments are passing, passing from you and from me. Shadows are gathering, deathbeds are coming, coming for you and for me. 
Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardoned for you and for me. And so I say, in spite of all of our waywardness, in spite of our sin, God wants us back. God loves the backslider. And he says, come home. Then I want you to see, secondly, that God requires us to repent. Look in verses 10 through 15. The post passed from the the post passed from city to city through the country and Ephraim and Manasseh and even Zebulon, and they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless, divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulon humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. And also in Judah, the hand of God was to give them one heart to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. And there were assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month in a very great congregation. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem. And all the altars of incense took they away and cast them into the brook of Kidron. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the the burnt offerings to the house of the Lord. What do we have here? We have here the people getting things right with God. Some people are afraid of the word repent, but I believe repentance is something for the people of God, something for God's people that they need to pay attention to. Most of the churches mentioned in the book of the Revelation uh, were told to repent. Repentance is the road back to God in the life of a backslidden Christian. People were convicted here in the the book of Chronicles. They were convicted that they should return to the Lord. Now, not everybody was convicted. We read in verse number 10 that as they went from city to city, there were some people who laughed at them and some people that mocked them to scorn. And listen, when you decide to get serious about the things of God, there are going to be some people that will not understand. There will be some people in your own family that won't understand. Some people in your own church that won't understand. Let them laugh. These people, let these people laugh at them and laugh them to scorn, the Bible says. And they just kept on going. They headed straight for Jerusalem. They were going to get things right with God. And uh, some people will mock you. But this Bible says here in verse 11 that these people humbled themselves. And again, that's what it takes. It takes a humbling. God wants us to humble ourselves, come to the end of ourselves and say, God, I can't do it. I need you. Pride is such a barrier to revival. They decided that returning to celebrate the Passover was the right thing for them to do. And that's exactly what they did. In verse number 14, it tells us that the first thing they did was tear down the pagan altars. All around the city, there were altars that had been established and set up by uh, Hezekiah's father, Ahaz. They tore those altars down, threw them in the Kidron Valley. And the same thing about any pagan altars that were in the temple of God. Those things got destroyed. And there are some people listening to my voice right now who have some tearing down to do. When we get away from God, quite often we allow things to build up in our lives and we put things in our lives that ought not to be there and there has to be some tearing down. If we're going to have revival, we've got to get rid of those things in our lives. 
So it's time to forsake pagan gods. If you have been bowing down to something else other than the Lord God, it's the right thing to do. And that's what these people of Judah did. As a result of their repentance and getting rid of the things they needed to get rid of and turning again to God, God touched their heart. And God will bring healing. Look at verse 17. And there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore, the Levites had the charge of the killing of the Passovers for everyone that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh and Issachar and Zebulon were not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon everyone. He that prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary, the Lord hearkened unto Hezekiah and healed the people. Do you see this? Not all the people knew what they needed to do. They weren't sure of the procedure. The people had been away from God for so long that they didn't know what the purification process was in order to partake in the Passover. But they, their hearts were right. They wanted to obey God. They wanted to do what was right. And uh, so although they had not prepared properly for the Passover, God was looking at their hearts. And uh, he saw that they had a heart, heart desire to do what was right. And so God healed them from their backslidden condition, according to verse number 20. If you have a heart for God, God will see that. Bible says that God doesn't look at us like mankind looks at us. He doesn't look on the outward appearance, but he looks on the heart. Do you have a heart that's hungry? Do you have a heart that wants to obey God? Do you have a heart that wants to do right? These people did. And so God healed them. And you may not know exactly what to do, but if you have a desire for revival, God will revive you. If you have a desire to be restored unto the Lord, he will restore you. He sees your heart. If you have a willing heart, your heart can be refreshed and God will show you what to do if you, your heart is willing. The final thing I want you to see is that uh, God will give you gladness of heart. Verse number 23, and the whole assembly took counsel to keep other seven days and they kept other seven days with gladness. This is so interesting. These people were far away from God and they were not content. And that's the same thing today. People that get away from God are not happy. And so they search for happiness in all sorts of artificial uh, counterfeit ways of uh, trying to find that happiness. They search for it in drink. They search for it in drugs. They search for it in uh, the pleasures of the world. But listen, I want you to know that God has a way to bring you gladness and happiness, and that is by coming to him. Look at what happened to these people that returned to the Lord. Verse 23 says, they had gladness. I'm sure there are people listening to me right now who say, oh, I would do anything to get gladness. I'd pay any amount of money just to have gladness in my heart and soul. Listen, you don't have to pay any money. You just have to get right with God. And God will give the gladness. 
There was so much joy in these people as they celebrated the Passover that the Bible says they went on for another seven days. It's, it's like the revival that I talked about in my previous message out in Saskatoon that went on for seven months. And uh, God can, uh, can, can give you that gladness. I see so many of God's people who've lost their joy. They look defeated. They look tired. They act defeated. But if you return to the Lord, his joy, the joy of his salvation, will return to you. Will you choose revival today? Will you choose the joy of the Lord today? Now, again, I pointed out to you that there's uh, not everybody uh, is going to return to the Lord. Some people will laugh at you. Don't let that hold you back. Some people will be like the elder brother when the prodigal son came home. He'll, he'll not be happy that the son came back to the father. And some people won't be happy if you come back to the Lord. Some of your personal relationships may be different uh, because you have left doing what you used to do and now you're doing what God wants you to do. Some people will get bitter. Some people will be upset with you. And uh, this older son refused the father's appeal. Don't be like that. Come on, come home to Jesus. And all who labor and are heavy laden, Jesus said, I will give you rest. If there's a conviction in your heart, if your heart is burdened, listen to that today. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Oh Lord, wilt thou not revive us again? Revival begins in an individual's heart. Will you be the one in your home to be revived? Will you be the one that will lead your home back to God? Aren't you tired of just spinning your wheels? Aren't you tired of having no passion and no fervor in your service for the Lord? It's time to come back to the Lord. Revival that took place in my heart in that farmer's field many years ago has had long lasting results. Won't you let God revive your heart today and see what God will do with you and with your family and with your church? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful example we see in the word of God of how you revived people's hearts and how you turned a nation around. I pray, Lord, that you'd help each individual listening to my voice today to have their own personal hearts revived. And may that revive some homes and may that revive some churches and may that revive our nation. Please, Lord, help us as leaders to be able to do what we ought to do to show the way back to God, even as Hezekiah showed the people of Judah how to return to the Lord. Please, Lord, bless the rest of the messages in this revival conference. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Pennell. That was a blessing. Again, simple, straightforward truths that have been tried and proven over and over and over through history. Returning back, turning back to God, getting into the place of his blessing. Are you in the place of his blessing now? Christian leader, are you in the place of God's blessing on your church? I trust 
today, you will do something about it. If you're not, if there's something hindering the blessing of God in your ministry as a pastor, as a Christian leader, you will do something. Make it'll, It's going to take where it starts as a decision with you, your, your heart, in your heart. So I'm going to ask you today, while we play this song, the song is Softly and Tenderly, and the pianist is going to start playing, and I'm going to just give you a minute to cement the decisions, perhaps, that you have know that God has spoken, spoken to you today from Brother Pennell's message. So the pianist is going to start to play softly and tenderly. And I'm going to let you have an opportunity right now to say yes to God and no to sin. Yes to what he wants you to do. And if God hasn't spoken to you, don't. But if he has spoken to you, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you through the preaching of the word, do something about it. Enter into the place of blessing. You see, with sin, hard-heartedness, bitterness, jealousy, stubbornness, rebellion, no, there's no blessing in that heart. You have to let that go. Let God in. Okay. and tenderly Jesus is calling calling for you and for me see on the portals he's waiting and watching watching for you and for me God's watching and he's waiting softly and tenderly calling you oh sinner come home come home ye who are weary come home earnestly tenderly Jesus is calling calling oh sinner Come home. Is it pride today? Pride? Is it an addiction, a stronghold addiction that's got you? You're addicted to something and it's hindering you and you know it. You've let it come before God. It's a high thing in your life that's exalted itself. And my dear friends, it's got to go. It, you can't have the heart with blessing and have those things in your life. It could be sports. It could be an addiction to sports, money, drugs, the internet, things that you're not supposed to be involved in things you've justified it and justified it but you know deep in your heart it's wrong 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 it's gotta go music music the music that you're listening to my dear friends you cannot listen to worldly music not even this christian worldly stuff and have the blessing of god in your life
Time is fleeting. Moments are passing, passing from you and for me. Shadows are gathering, deathbeds are coming, coming for you and for me. It's now, now. Do you want the joy, the joy back in your life? Joy, 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 joy. Do you have it? Have you lost it? You can have it back. It's part of the blessing of the spirit-filled Christian life.